Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. I have always enjoyed being in a classroom and teaching a group of people, especially if they're hungry to learn. Well, in Mark chapter 2, Jesus has quite a crowd gathered around him. As a matter of fact, in verse 13, it says, He went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. Uh, Jesus held class in the most unusual places and used the most unusual things to teach. And he's got a crowd around him. He's teaching them. And in the midst of his class, there's a group of people within the class that start asking questions. Now, these are not the questions of a student. These are the questions of a skeptic. And you can always tell the difference because people who ask questions to learn, they're, they're hungry to know the answer. But some people don't want an answer. They don't want the truth. And no, they're skeptics, and they simply want to give the teacher a hard time. And that's what the Pharisees are doing in Mark chapter number 2. Now, we've looked at one of those questions already. It was the question that they asked about why Jesus was eating with publicans and sinners. And it revealed more about them than it did the publicans and sinners. They thought more of themselves than of anybody else. They thought their religion made them better. They failed to see their own sin sickness. That immediately leads to the second question. The Bible says in verse 18, "...and the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast." And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? So now they move the questioning from Christ himself to his followers. Uh, may I just say to you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that those who hate Christ are not going to love you. And so now they're criticizing the disciples for not fasting. On one hand, uh, they are critical of Jesus when he's feasting. Now they're critical of no fasting. I'm telling you, on, on both sides, they're going after him. They're looking for something to accuse him of. And you'll notice here that it's not only the, the disciples of the Pharisees that used to fast, the disciples of John also used to fast. So now what are, what are they doing? They're using Jesus' own messenger against him. Uh, they're using the one that Christ said was the greatest born of woman against him. And Jesus said unto them, verse 19, Can the children of the bride chamber fast? while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Now let me bring two points out. First of all, let's talk about fasting for just a moment. Uh, is it wrong to fast? No, it's not wrong to fast. As a matter of fact, there are biblical reasons to fast. And in one place, Jesus will say to his followers, This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I must tell you that I know I should have done much more prayer and fasting through my life. And the seasons when I have used the discipline of fasting as it's connected to prayer have been some of the, the most sweet and special spiritual times with the Lord. So much so that on each occasion I've thought, why don't I do this more? And we all would do better to give ourselves to fasting at certain periods of time and for specific purposes. But that's a subject for another day. You see, the real point here was not fasting. 
The real point here was that the Pharisees thought more about the external than they did the internal. Uh, they were only concerned with what they could see and not with the heart of the matter. And Jesus actually answers them with a little illustration. He says, as long as the wedding is going on and the bridegroom is there, uh, everybody's happy. That's a time to feast and to enjoy having the bridegroom with you. And then he says, the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast in those days. Uh, may I say to you, I believe that it is certainly right at this time, while we await our Lord's return, that his followers would fast and pray. Now, there's no doubt about that. But the point of the passage is not fasting. The point of the passage is understanding that Jesus wanted to change their heart, not just their habits. You see, these were people who had given such attention to the Mosaic Law, who had even ascribed so many additional things to it, far beyond what God ever intended, that they missed the whole point of the matter. And so Jesus not only answers their question with an illustration, He goes on and gives them another illustration to drive home His point. He says in verse 21 and 22, No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the new piece that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but the new wine must be put into new bottles. Now, I must tell you that for many years these two verses seemed to stand out to me almost out of place. And I thought, why would he say such things in the context of these Pharisees asking him why his disciples are not fasting? As I've meditated on this passage, I, I see now the connection. There's a deep spiritual connection here. Jesus gives these illustrations because he's saying to these religious people, I did not come to simply patch things up and make them a little better. I came to make you totally new. I love this truth. What does it do when you simply sew a piece of new cloth on an old garment? Well, it may look okay for a while and cover the threadbare place or the hole, but eventually that new cloth that is strong and uh, is woven well is going to begin to pull on the old part of the garment and it's just going to make the, the rent even worse. Jesus said, I don't do a patchwork job. No, praise God, Jesus takes away our old sinful garments from us. Our righteousness is that are as filthy rags. See, that's what the Pharisees were counting on, their own righteousness as. He takes that garment away, and instead He gives us His own righteous robe. He gives us a new garment. He clothes us in the garments of salvation, according to the Old Testament prophet. Uh, he doesn't simply do a patch job. And then He uses the illustration of putting new wine into old bottles. And He said if you do that, those old bottles start to crack, and they bust, and the wine is spilled and lost. He says, I didn't come to simply give you a little something to make your life better for a period of time and leave you the same vessels. No, I came to change the vessel. I love this wonderful truth. The Lord Jesus did not come to simply give us more religion. He came to give us Himself. And in order to do that, He had to make us new creatures in Jesus Christ. He had to make us new bottles. He had to give us a new garment. And that's not simply keeping the rules. That's not simply living by the law. That's not simply going through the external motions of fasting. No, my friend. Fasting, church attendance, baptism, 
uh, even the habit of prayer, all of those things, as wonderful as they are in their place, none of them can make you new and whole in God. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And so these Pharisees keep asking questions. You'd think at some point uh, the answers would begin to break through their exterior, wouldn't you? That at some point it would get to the heart. We must not think more of ourselves than of others, and we must not think more of the external than the internal. This is the spirit of the Pharisee. This is what every one of us must guard against if we truly are going to be followers of Jesus Christ. The shocking thing was that there were publicans and sinners that understood it before the Pharisees and the scribes did. Sometimes I think all of our Bible knowledge actually works against us because knowledge puffeth up. And Jesus doesn't come to puff us up. He comes to bring us low, to humble us, so we'll see our need and His sufficiency. And I tell you, friend, that realization, that revelation is the greatest day of your life. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today.